Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in outfit repeater. And you better believe that in outfit repeater is the best thing you can be. Just be chill, smiling, wave. If you stay with us, you'll be okay. It's rough out there, but you. everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello uh, everybody it's great to be back and we are talking once again about the new Hulu series How I Met Your Father and Marissa I've done some thinking over the past week because obviously we've now had over a week to ruminate about this and I have a theory and I uh, my question for you is do you want to hear the theory at the beginning or at the end of the podcast? You've been teasing this theory to me, so I need to hear it now. You want to hear it now? It might blow your mind, and it might blow your mind, oh dear listener. But uh, we have been trying to think about, you know, or trying to watch this show through the lens of, you know what, is How I Met Your Father the Lizzie McGuire reboot that we never got? And... I think there's uh, some proof that maybe it is more than we thought it was after week one. I've been thinking a little bit about the character of Valentina, and is she not just Miranda? (laughs) Okay, you promised a hot take, and this is not that hot. It, It feels like a hot take. There's so there's a lot there's a lot here. You know, obviously they're both Hispanic, but obviously. Valentina also has a weird obsession with British men, which I think that (laughs) I think that if we had gotten an adult Miranda, you know, it's not that far for her to, you know, be this person who just brings back a random British man. I thought you were going to say that Valentina is Miranda because she's like, at least at this point in the series, kind of underdeveloped and just like a conduit. Well, there's that too. For Sophie (laughs) and the other characters. There's that as well. Yeah, I would say that's true. Which is really disappointing. I think that's my biggest critique of the series so far is that we're three episodes in and I feel like I don't know anything about Valentina outside of her relationship to Charlie. Yeah, I would say that as well. And I mean, I mean, this show is doing what all like sitcoms do and it's just trying to find like which pairs kind of pop the most. And I think that obviously in this episode, we got new pairings of all the characters that we haven't seen yet through the first two episodes. And to me, so we're talking about episode three today um, called The Fixer. And to me, Episode three was kind of a step back from the progress that we made in episode two. I wasn't as into episode three. I didn't think that there wasn't as much chemistry between, I don't think, any of these pairs as we got maybe in in episode two. Yeah, I I would agree that episode two was stronger. I think that Sophie and Jesse are still doing their thing. I I don't, I'm not into their thing. I don't know. Their thing is, is so awkward it's but it's not like an endearing awkward it's like uh like it's like they're trying too hard i don't know like i think the pair that worked best here 
to be honest, was probably Sid and Valentina, even though we know nothing about Valentina. <laughs> but just like the way that they interacted with each other seemed the most natural. I don't. Ellen and Charlie really did not work for me. I am a big fan of Sid. Sid, yeah. Sid has like, he is on the up and up for me. He's on the I up and up like, for you. He's looking good. He is saying the right things <laughs> to make me happy. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Sid. And we did get a little bit of like Sid and Sophie banter in this episode for the first time. There we didn't was- get that much. Sid basically exists to like kind of troll her <laughs> at this point Yeah, and in time. is that not the beginning of every great <laughs> love story? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. But should we, if we're jumping right in, should we intro the episode? Well, is there anything else to discuss before we jump in? I mean, I think that... Um, Obviously, it's been a week, and over the past week, there was a lot of press that kind of came out, especially Hilary Duff trying to push the launch of the show. I think it continued throughout last week, and um, you, I didn't watch, but I know you watched her day drinking with Seth. Um, yes. How, she, speaking yeah. of chemistry, Hilary Duff and Seth Meyers, like, ooh. What are you talking <laughs> Not in like a romantic- He's married with two kids. <laughs> So she's married, she's married with three, with like three kids. <laughs> I don't even mean romantic chemistry. They just had like really good banter. They seem I mean, like they'd be that's friends. That's Seth's job. He has he's a late night talk show host. He has good banter with literally. No, everybody. there was something specific about this. They're yeah. gonna go day drinking together. Who had better? Who York. has better chemistry with Seth, Hillary Duff or John Early? <laughs> <laughs> Those were unhinged. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of press. That did remind me of some kind. It's not news. It's basically just. Well, that was what I was getting at. Trolling us. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get to because obviously this started out as a Lizzie McGuire podcast, and lo and behold, Hillary Duff cannot do an interview without mentioning (laughs) talking about that one thing she did when she was twelve years old. (laughs) It's not her mentioning it. It's nobody. No press person no journalist can interview hillary duff without talking about lizzie mcguire i don't think it's don't put this on hillary okay sorry hillary yes so she did an interview with cosmo um first of all cosmo asked about the outfit in the second episode that i mentioned oh my god this is not a thing (laughs) stop it it's a completely different outfit it's a different color but it was about the aesthetic it's not what it's not. It was about a Lizzie aste- McGuire. Oh my aesthetic. god! And sh- Hillary Duff said no. They should have asked her about why she was wearing a Michael Jordan jersey backwards. That's what they needed to yeah. ask her. They said, "Did Lizzie McGuire inspire the outfit in the second episode?" And she said, "No." But did you find that very Lizzie esque? Now I see that maybe it's the space buns. Not trying to take all the credit for Lizzie McGuire, but I am very much Lizzie McGuire, and she is very much me. They are the same person. Uh huh. Um, but in terms of the reboot situation, she speaks of it. It's, it's such a wild quote. Um, they asked, there was obviously supposed to be a Lizzie McGuire revival that got the whole internet excited. And her response is the one we were actively filming. Yeah, that's the one, which is so snarky. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, we were doing that. She reveals some plot details for the first time a little bit more. I mean, there was illusions, but. In the reboot, Lizzie was moving back home with her parents because she caught her soon-to-be fiancé cheating on her. And she was falling flat on her face at the moment and being like, 
I need to pivot because everything that I thought was wasn't and I'm turning 30. What the fuck? But like she's also trolling us because Cosmo's basically asking her, like, is there any way we can ever see these episodes? Like there are three or four episodes already filmed. Have you ever thought about leaking them? And she's like, yeah, I mean, not going to lie. I have thought about that, but I'm an adult, so I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't imagine she could even if she wanted to. No, I don't think she has that power. Yeah, like, she definitely doesn't. She definitely does not have the actual like episodes to leak. But this is the this is what she says. There's a time and a place for everything. It just wasn't her moment. I'm constantly asked about it still. All it does is breathe life into the fact that people still want it. And that's really sweet. It's not dead and it's not alive. What is this? Schrodinger's reboot? Like, what do you mean it's not dead or it's not alive? (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, what does that even mean? So it's an inanimate object. (laughs) Like, what? So that, that was the scoop. On that, there's that's not, no that's scoop. Not scoop at all. That's disappointing. That was yeah. No, she really it's dead. is. It's like it's like dangling. Like what is it? What's that expression? Like dangling a carrot in front of a rabbit. Is that a thing? <laughs> I'm just gonna let you ponder that for a second, and you can decide whether it's what real. is no. What's that expression? But it's like stop giving us hope, Hillary. That, give us something concrete. Uh, did that or, give you real hope? That didn't give... That's so clearly just like... She you said know. it's not dead, but it's not alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just her, you know, messing around with you. And you're falling for it. I'm not falling for you're it. You're falling I'm, for it. I'm sad. You're trash. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is like the Taylor Swift thing. We're not talking about that. You mentioned it last week. And here it is again. Taylor Swift made her way into my notes in this episode too. How? (laughs) You'll see. Oh my God. But yes, so there's been a lot of, a lot of Hillary Duff content out there. That's, that's all I have to say. But let's just talk about the show that we're here to talk about. So today we're talking about How I Met Your Father, season one, episode three, The Fixer. In this episode... While helping Jesse take photos for his new Tinder profile, Sophie feels sparks with someone unexpected. Valentina helps Sid with his long-distance relationship. And Ellen and Charlie go apartment hunting. This episode aired on January 25th, 2022. Yes. The year 2022. <laughs> Man, why, why, why do you team me up like this? Now, now you know what's going to happen. It was hard to live in the moment in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like think the 2022 we... count in this episode was two it might have been three it was two for sure i gotta say too i like the little sprinkling of drops of jupiter at the end of that clip <laughs> <laughs> yeah. never let it go so there's something i have to say i mean no disrespect to kim cattrall but i think i figured out why her performance isn't doing it for me oh yeah and it's because there is no universe where i imagine hillary duff becoming kim like they don't have the same like mannerisms and she's not like delivering the lines in a how we're getting to know sophie kind of way Mm -hmm. to me i don't know if you would so do you have a better old sophie i don't know that i have a better one i think i still think it's an issue to even be seeing her on screen at all. Maybe it's um, 
like if they had used maybe like Wendy. Um, you know who they should have from got? The, from the Goldbergs. Oh, like Wendy McClell. Yeah. <laughs> she has similar chaotic energy. Yeah. I was going to say, just get Hallie Todd. Just get Joe McGuire. Just get Hallie Todd. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. You're getting way more meta than I was. I was actually trying to, you know, cast somebody, <laughs> not just like pay fan service to something that's not neither dead nor alive. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like cast Hallie Todd. What are you talking about? No, about my critique. I want to know what you think. I mean, I think the problem, well, there's a couple problems with the Kim Cattrall of it all. First, they're making, they make wild bets about what is and is not going to continue to be popular in 2050. I'm I'm sorry. They, they, they throw wild shade on unboxing videos (laughs) and Ryan's toy review has, has a word or two to say to you, Kim Cattrall. I'm sure Ryan as like a 30 year old, wait, how old will he be? I guess he'll be 40. Ryan will be close to 40 and making wow. more money than all of us, That's continuing true. to unbox video, Yardy unbox is things on videos. making more money than all of us. Yeah, he has like three TV shows. Uh, so I think that's problem number one. Problem number two, as I mentioned last week, is the breaking of the fourth wall, which is also just, you know, uncomfy. Um, problem number three is the facade that she's, and I don't know if this is something that they did in the original is this meant to be like in the original series? Did he tell this? Did Bob Saget tell the story of how was it supposed to be like one continuous night, just like telling the story? I don't remember because they're making it sound like they're gonna sit here, like she's gonna make her son sit here on a video call as she recounts just like hours upon hours of this story, and it's just not realistic. I don't know. I'm trying to remember in the original one, because in the original one, they're always showing the kids. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to remember if it was meant to be all, like if they ever have a costume change, if, if this story existed over a period of time. Because I know that they shot the end at the beginning so that the kids wouldn't age, but I don't think it was necessarily all being told to them at the same time. I don't know. It easily could be like beginning and end, you know, like they're at the beginning You don't see it again. Very end. Come back to it. I agree. I think we could have like let her voice carry us through if you want to keep the like the narration element. That's fine. Yeah. And then it's kind of like a Wonder Years. Yeah. And I love the Wonder Years. I love Don Cheadle in the Wonder Years reboot. We're not talking about the reboot. We're talking about the original (laughs) Wonder Years. Okay. But if we're going to talk about excellent reboots, (laughs) the Wonder Years is it it is so good oh my god i could go on a whole tangent about how much i love the wonder years reboot and exactly it's like don Cheadle is narrating it do we see don Cheadle? no we do not talk about how to make a reboot fresh current relevant the wonder years is doing it all yeah you just said it 50 60 years ago that's how you make it current and fresh exactly (laughs) Better than saying in the year 2022. <laughs> that. Over it was hard to live in the moment in 2022. It's winning the reboot game. Sorry how I met your father. But I digress. If you stay in the ABC realm, I think Julie Bowen probably could have done it too. Oh, Julie Bowen would have been a good choice. Yeah. 
Or you could, you know what? You could even get Cheryl, Cheryl Hines could have even done it. Yeah. Then it'll be, I just think that been a really good, really big week. Cheryl Hines does this. Then she disses her husband, RFK. Then she comes back and does this again. Big week for Cheryl Hines. <laughs> I think, yeah, Kim Cattrall's energy is just not chaotic enough. Yeah. She's like too sophisticated. It's like, well, what it's is- not necessarily like a uh, quirk. It's more like. I don't know. Kim Cattrall just presents herself with this like gravitas that I don't think Hillary yeah, Duff has. Yeah, she's like, has. bitch, I'm Kim Cattrall. <laughs> it's very much like a performance. Whereas you think Hillary Duff is just being Hillary Duff. I don't know. When you see Kim Cattrall sitting there in her like bathrobe, you get the air of like, welcome to my crib. But it's <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, but it's like a fancy crib. And. Um, she's telling you about like a pot that she got in what on her trip to Kenya and you're like, okay. <laughs> and I mean, I guess we don't know what Sophie has been through between 2022 and 2050. That's true. It was hard to live in the moment in 2022. Gosh, I really just want to go now that she's back <laughs> like every time. Damn it. Let's get into the episode. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to say the year again because you're just going to play the clip again. I won't I won't play the clip again. Okay, so we start this episode with Sophie letting us know that back in 2022, <laughs> having the perfect profile photo was a very big deal. I would dare say this is not unique to 2022. This dates back to <laughs> 2010. I don't know. When did MySpace come out? Even earlier than that. I mean, I have had an active Twitter account since 2009. 2009? Wow. It's all about that perfect profile photo. Is it though? Like (laughs) your Twitter picture doesn't even need to be an actual photo. You can just do an avatar or like a picture of a pie or something. (laughs) It's true. This episode really starts to get into what dating is like for millennials in 2022 specifically on tinder yeah this episode was brought to you by tinder if you didn't know (laughs) which is not something that either of us has any experience with no (laughs) i just gave you a weird look except for just like living vicariously through other people's poor tinder experiences yeah, I never, re- so I used to have a friend and um, she was not, well, she was on Tinder, but we didn't, the one that we did every day with her was the league because it was more manageable and the league was meant to be like, y- you know, more like professional, kind of like the LinkedIn of dating services. But the thing was, you only got three potential matches every day. So it was much more manageable. So every day we would check her league. <laughs> I've never even heard <laughs> and of see that who one. was in the league. There yeah. was one that Hillary Duff almost joined. The one that was the one for celebrities. I forget what it's called. Raya? I think that's what it's called. And then she found her dragon. And then she <laughs> made an album with her husband. Yeah. I'm surprised that, uh, well, okay. So Jesse, I'm a little bit confused on the timeline and like how long ago proposal fail video was. It has to have been some time since he's been on the apps. So yeah, he's struggling to get back on the apps because it's been a while and he obviously had such a long relationship with Leighton Meester that he did propose to her. So 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the like timeline how, is just a little murky. You're right. It's like, how fresh is this wound? Yeah. Like, did it just happen yesterday? I would say probably if I'm, based on no information at all, if this is just me making things up as I have been known to do, just creating my own. Yeah. My own universe within these universes. Uh-huh. I would guess based on his behavior that it's been, I would say three to six months post. Three to six months based on, <laughs> this is based on. <laughs> well, he's still scarred by it. Like it's fresh enough that people are still paying attention to it. It's no, it seems to me like the proposal fail video in this universe is kind of like uh like those two brothers listening to Phil Collins where it's like everybody knows what the video is and even like I feel like at this point that must have been a year ago but if you brought it up now people would be like oh yeah I remember that and if you met them somewhere out you would be like oh can I get a picture with you because I remember how you reacted to Phil Collins in the air tonight you think that it's taken him a year? Well, that's the thing. Like, you have to then use, like, the context clues about, like, it, him in the video. He could easily be, like, it feels like the video is big enough, right, where it could be David after dentist. And it could have happened, like, 10 years ago. And they'd be like, oh, my God, it's David who couldn't, who was high after going to the dentist's office. But it's obviously not because in the video he's an adult. So it's just like, I don't know how long ago it was. I don't know. There isn't even anything that special about that video. It's like he proposed and she said no. And no, then he fell off the stage. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) See, this isn't something that I would remember for years and years and years. Well, no, it's obviously not something that will capture the cultural zeitgeist like, you know, couch guy or (laughs) or Charlie bit my finger. No, Charlie bit my finger. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But in the universe of the show, it is. Because this universe is worse than real life. Although they would say otherwise. Yeah. And guess who's going to help Jesse with his Tinder game? Uh, Woody. No, Sophie. (laughs) (laughs) So random. The Toy Story reference. Yeah, what's with you in Toy Story? Earlier today, Sam asked me if... We were playing like a charades type game and you needed to use a quote from Toy Story. What quote would you give? And that was so random. Well, there's just a lot of quotes. And honestly, it's so that we can be prepared if that situation ever arises. So I know what quote you're going to (laughs) say. Always be prepared. But there are so many quotes. You can be like, reach for the sky. (laughs) There's a snake in my boot. Actually, the easiest one is probably just the claw. (laughs) (laughs) He has been chosen. (laughs) The claw chooses who will go and who will stay. You really do. (laughs) Do you realize I just cried? (laughs) Anyways, yes. You really just derailed us because um, (laughs) Sophie was about to tell us that she's been on 87 Tinder dates again. No. Well, here's the thing. So he's proposal fail guy. And I guess the the clue about how recent it it is or it's been is that he still gets cyber bullied today. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It wasn't that long ago. I don't think it's been a full year. 
Yeah, it probably hasn't been a full year. But yeah, Sophie's like, I've been on 87 Tinder dates. And then Sid is like, 88. That's true. And as you said, there's a bit of trolling happening because he just has to remind her that she struck out with Ian just one episode ago, two episodes ago. (laughs) Oof. Yeah. And Sophie decides she's going to help Jesse crush Tinder because she's been on 88 dates now, so she knows how to make a profile that will make a girl swipe right. Yes. Repeat after me. Today is the first chapter of my next great love story. This is the most awkward. (laughs) I know. There's nothing that does not roll off the tongue. That doesn't roll off the tongue at all. And as she says it, and as Jesse says it later, it's just like, there's nothing it, there's like nothing behind the eyes as they say it. It's like, I don't, <laughs> why is this the thing? I don't know. I don't know either. And they both seem like so uncomfortable saying it because it's so inorganic. <laughs> what do you mean? Today is the first chapter of my next great love story. That's not even like a call to action. It's not like, let's find some love. It's like... <laughs> It's like, how can we make this, how can we stretch this out into as many words as possible? Yeah. yeah. And then we get this, which also is cringy. Well, I can't breathe. It's too many honeys. <laughs> well, you didn't set it up. That was, I mean, what could possibly set that up? Well, she's talking about how with her help, so many girls are going to be swiping right. There's going to be so many honeys. I can't breathe. It's too many honeys. That doesn't clarify it at all. <laughs> it doesn't. What? It, okay. Yeah, this is the equivalent to like the hungry, hungry phone moment in the pilot. We also learn here that we get a little bit of um, sprinkling in of other characters' careers and what they do outside of hanging out with each other. And we learn that Jesse is a part-time music teacher. Yeah, part-time music teacher, part-time Uber driver, which we knew already. Yes. We also learn that Ellen apparently sells things from her garden or from somebody else's garden. It sounds like her and her ex-wife had a farm that is still lucrative. And between this show, and I think you know what I'm going to say next, between the farm on this and Joe Millionaire, I mean, what is with all of the wealthy farmers in the media right now? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was the way to go. Yeah, maybe. She's not even on her farm anymore. It's just raining money. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Yeah. What What did she say? Like, she sells butter lettuce? Like, there's a literally <laughs> yeah. lucrative butter lettuce industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not like a cattle rancher. It's like butter lettuce. It's butter lettuce. It's just butter lettuce as far as the eye yeah. can see in Cincinnati. That's yeah. what they do in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> they just grow butter lettuce. Yeah, so Ellen has money. Not much <laughs> because she still needs to find a roommate. Cute Charlie coming in. So this is Charlie's entrance. Everybody's hanging out except Charlie. Charlie's been out trying to find an apartment and it's not going well because he's been cut off. Yeah, he doesn't know how us poors do it. Ugh. <laughs> us poors. Yeah. 
Um, Sophie's like, we've talked about you using poor as a noun. We get the setup that Charlie and Ellen are both looking for an apartment. They could both benefit from a roommate situation. Charlie kind of extends a hand, an offer, if you will, to Ellen. And Ellen shuts him down. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the subplot because you know how it's going to end from the beginning. It just felt unnecessary. Misplaced tension. I think that's what I would call it. See, that's the thing. Like, it would have been, I think it would have been better for the tension to continue. And they're just enemies throughout the entire show. (laughs) That would have been hilarious. Like, he steals the apartment from her. She decides to flood it. Like, <laughs> like that would have been wild. Yes, and it's like, it's not sexual <laughs> No, it's not sexual at all. at all. It's purely violent. <laughs> <laughs> it's purely violent and evil. That would be perfect. But we don't get that. No, we don't get that at all. No, by the end of the episode, they will agree to be roommates. So it's like, why go through all of this when it's just going to end that way? It felt very cookie cutter and predictable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, or it's like if they're not going to be mortal enemies throughout the course of the season, then at least flip it where maybe they do agree at first and then they have very different ideas of process of finding one does not go well. I don't know. I feel like I've seen that before. That's true. Where like people are like, oh, we'd be such great roommates. Yeah, roommates. And then it's like they're not. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Or this maybe should not have been a subplot at all. And maybe we should have, you know, developed Valentina a little bit. Maybe, but that's not, this isn't even her subplot. Her subplot is coming, except not her subplot. <laughs> Sid's subplot that she's a part of. Yeah, exactly. Like right now, she is such a side piece to like aid other characters in their development. Mm-hmm. And it continues to be the greatest disappointment. But we got to keep talking about Tinder and pictures because then we cut to Sophie meeting Jesse outside of the, I guess, elementary school that he works at. Those kids were little. Yeah. So it does seem like he works at an elementary school, but he's got a quick break. So he invites Sophie to come over during the break and they're going to take photos outside of the school. Um, And it's really awkward. It seems like Jesse's never taken a photo in his life before. And I love that, though, even like based, uh, I guess, based on the context clues of like other profiles that he's seen, he just doesn't get what the profile picture should be. It's so like uncomfortably bad that, you know, like in what work. So his idea of a great profile picture is him eating hummus, which is probably (laughs) the least sexy thing anybody could have suggested that it's like, I don't know, man, this is not for you. I like that it was awkward, though. I don't know. There's a line, you know, where it's like, just have a little bit more self-awareness, bro. (laughs) He was told that a prominent Adam's apple is irresistible. So he looks up at the sky. I don't think that's true. I think too much Adam's apple is, you know, it's a lot. It can be a lot to handle. Who's asking you? I mean, I'm just thinking about, like, my own Adam's apple. And it's like, I don't want it to stick out too much for fear that someone might inadvertently punch it. And then I won't be able to breathe. Who's punching you? Well, if you've got a big Adam's apple, it's just like more of an invitation. It's like a target. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, you don't want it to stick out too much. 
I've never thought about that before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is what I this is what I this is what I think about sometimes. This is what keeps you up at night. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like when I'm making a list of things I'm thankful for, I'm like, oh, thank God my Adam's apple is a manageable size. <laughs> okay. I don't even know how to move on from that. I was going to talk about Sophie the photographer for a minute and like Hillary Duff with a camera in her hand. Has she ever held a camera before? No, she's just watched Gordo do it. That's true. I had questions. I need to see more of Sophie's work outside of one photo of Jesse before I judge it. But <laughs> I was not impressed with the technique that I saw. Well, you know, the tech the technique doesn't matter if you can get the results. That's true. So That's true. Okay, so from there we jump into the the Sid subplot. I didn't even call it the Sid and Valentina subplot in my notes. I just called it the Sid subplot. Um, his whole thing this episode is LDRs are hard. Long distance relationships are not fun. This is something that we do have a little bit of experience with. And to that I can attest. They are not fun. They Sorry, are I got I got distracted thinking about how Sid was a character in Toy Story. <laughs> God. <laughs> LDRs. L- LDR. Wait, what? What's happening? Were you not listening to me at all? No, I got, I got. Whoa. I really, I really disappeared there for a second. Whoa. Wait, so we're talking about do Sid's sex to ta- toy, do right? Do I need to set this up again? Well, we're just talking about the sex toy, right? Yeah, and I was talking about how his whole subplot is about long distance relationships and how hard they are and how that is something that we actually do have a little bit of experience with. That's true. Yeah. But, um, we never did this. this. (laughs) Yes. I never sent you a sex toy. Um, yeah, that you could control remotely. (laughs) Such a weird, weird choice. And Valentina's like, do it. Yeah. She's like, Oh my God, this is the Birkin bag of sex toys. She's so excited. She's more excited than he is. Yeah, and he's he has like some aversion to anything meant to go anywhere near his his private bits. I guess one time an astronaut Lego got stuck inside of him. It was very traumatic. Not into the sex toy. Yeah. And like I said, we still know nothing about Valentina. She's just like, ooh, I'm going to help you have a sexy time with your fiancé. Yeah, maybe she's the real fixer. Yeah, maybe. I mean... I still want to... I I just want to know the basic of, like, how Sophie and Valentina became friends. Like, I don't even know what their origin story is. You will never know. (laughs) Never. I don't know. My notes get a little thirsty for Sid and this. I'm not going to lie. I'm just like, let's move on. Okay. (laughs) Uh, To apartment hunting. Where Charlie and Ellen run into each other at an open house for an apartment that seems much larger than anything we ever looked at. That's how sitcoms work. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying like, oh, uh, I could do a full podcast about the way that this show misrepresents New York, but we'll save it for another day. I will talk about all the subway slander though. They make the subway seem like the like seediest, most disgusting, like only plebeians take the subway. And like everybody uses the subway. And like, yes, it is gross sometimes, but like nobody has ever walked up to me and asked me to open my mouth so that they could stick their finger into it. Like what happens in this episode? That was grotesque. Not that, but there have been some weird things. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, no, not specifically, but I feel like there is a genre of interaction. That, like, <laughs> yes. Like, did we witness someone vomit into a popcorn bowl once? Yes. Did we, like, hear someone urinate once? Yes. Like, it happens. But, like, they're one-off incidents. <laughs> And, like, this show just makes it seem like it happens every time. I mean, just wait until the episode where the subway has to randomly stop and then people are having panic attacks. Oh, I feel like I'm going to write a scene like that in my book, not going to lie. But, yeah, so Charlie finds Ellen at the apartment that he's looking at. Crazy coincidence. Um, And it turns out that Ellen actually does want a roommate, just not Charlie. Just a random man from Craigslist. Yeah, they met an hour ago. Um, And the reason for this is that Charlie is just too inexperienced for Ellen. Yeah. And I mean, there's a universe where I understand that. I don't. It's like. You don't even have to. You don't have to interact with your roommate at all. (laughs) Like you and your roommate. And I was like, obviously, we've seen this before. Can live completely separate lives. Your knowledge of New York has nothing to do with your roommate's knowledge of New York. Yeah, we had some college years where we just, like, did not, <laughs> like, we, no, yeah. But we had friends. We never met the roommates. Not everybody are friends. Not everybody, uh, you know, will be friends with everybody. And that's okay. Some people will be nemeses. We want to see it. <laughs> but yeah. we won't. <laughs> let them, let them hate each other. Yes. all let- we're saying. <laughs> Yes, let them fight to the death. <laughs> For this apartment. Literally. <laughs> Back at the elementary school, Jesse interacting with children and being kind of good at it. Here we go. He is looking natural. He, the light is good. This but is, this, is, this is bad, right? Like everything can be good, but you can't have a random kid in your profile <laughs> picture on a dating website. Like... Does Sophie know nothing? What are you going to do with these? There's a child in them. Like, what? Um, you saw that end result. She cropped it. But, like, why? And then the the vice principal comes out and is like, you creep. Stop taking pictures of the children. But not even because he's, like, immediately turned on. He's like, you creep, but you're hot. <laughs> Damn it. You have a great face. A singularly great face. Yeah, singularly great face. Vice principal Drew. Josh Peck. Yes, played by Josh Peck. Ooh, I don't know why my voice just cracked there (laughs) like I was like a 12-year-old girl watching Drake and Josh on a loop. On a loop. (laughs) But yeah, here he is, Josh Peck. Yeah. He's looking good, gotta say. Yeah, not there too is bad. An ener- there, there was an awkward, like, I wasn't really sure how he was playing the scene at first because there is almost this, like... Wait, so Dr- if if Josh is here, that means Drake is the one who became, like, a musician in, like, Columbia or something? Yeah, Drake, <laughs> Drake Bell. We're not going to talk about him on the podcast. <laughs> what a some, fun throwback. Some, some of these, like, Nickelodeon child stars just took real weird turns, like him. Um, Jamie Lynn, like. So, yeah, but he thinks that he recognizes uh, Sophie. He doesn't know from where, but, you know, they they seem to be having some some chemistry. And they it, did have really good chemistry, didn't they? They had a little bit of chemistry, but was it as much chemistry <laughs> as Sid and Valentina in this next scene? Because here's Valentina helping Sid set up for his sexcapade 
and the sex toy is running away. <laughs> and they run after it. And they run after it, yeah. That's it. That's really that's, she she knows how to set up a phone on a tripod. She knows her camera angles. She knows how to work a ring light. <laughs> but like why is she so invested in this? Sorry. For a second I thought you were gonna say ringworm. <laughs> like wait. You know who does not have chemistry? It's Charlie and Ellen. <laughs> I know. It's really awkward. Charlie decides that he's going to overpay for this New York apartment just to make sure that Ellen doesn't get it. Perfect plot point for your nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) They really should have. This should have been an entire season arc. Yes, at least. Like, can you imagine every time all these friends have to hang out and unfortunately... Your friends are all friends with your nemesis, but you don't want to be left out of like the only friends that you have in New York. So you have to go hang out with your nemesis. (laughs) That's so much funnier than what we got. I would much rather have that. But no, we have this like one note joke about how Charlie literally wears a gold spoon. And isn't it's, it's, a, it's a silver spoon. That's like, it's not even the right spoon. Well, I guess they assume the gold spoon is worth more. But uh, yeah, so his plan is he's going to sell his gold spoon, and that is how he is going to pay for a year in this New York apartment. 5% over asking. Yeah. Yes. That's so ridiculous. You're, get, you're already getting scammed. And we assume they're still in Williamsburg, right? Is that where they're supposed to be? I thought they were in Williamsburg. Based on what? Uh... I don't know. They seem like gentrifiers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where they're supposed to be. It's all very vague. Uh, Meanwhile, Sophie convinces Jesse that, uh, you know what? She's going to set him up and she's just going to help him get back on the dating horse. And what better place to do that than the bar? So they go to the bar and Sophie finds the first girl that she sees. And she's like that one. And uh, Jesse's like, okay, And so then he goes and he flirts awkwardly, but it works. Uh, But why does it work? She knows that he's proposal fail guy. Upper West Side. Upper West Side. Apparently the location of Ted and Marshall's apartment in How I Met Your Mother is 150 West 85th Street. Interesting. So they are Upper West Siders. Interesting. Okay. Just needed to establish that yeah they don't make enough money for that apartment (laughs) i have no idea where sophie and and valentina live they could be they could be williamsburg gentrifiers but if you live in williamsburg and your friends live on the upper west side you're not seeing your friends all that often Mm, no (laughs) there's a world where they live in harlem and they're gentrifiers in that way that yeah that could be it this is my what were you talking about moment Oh, I just went through really quickly uh, Sophie trying to set up Jesse at the bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The awkward flirting that ensues. Yeah, not great. Uh, But she wants a Marg. Buy her a drink. And then we get the awkward phone sex scene. The what? (laughs) The awkward phone sex scene. Yes. Um, So Sid and Hannah are finally ready to try this contraption. And it's awkward. Apparently, uh, it needs Wi-Fi to work. And then, like, other videos start to play. 
and um, Sid just can't take it. He's done, and Hannah's pissed, and then she <laughs> just shuts the computer. Yeah, night he has over. to. He has to leave the bedroom and move locations. Um, and this is like a thirst trap moment for this is like again, like I'm not really sure what this show is trying to be in terms of like on like the on like the sexy scale. Um, on the sexy scale. <laughs> We got we got some like nudity. I mean, not really. Didn't see anything. Um, he's completely naked apart from the contraption. Yeah, over his like it's not like full frontal, but like you see everything else. It was just a lot. Like the show walks this line between like let's be edgy, but also we're like kind of scared of it, and it's confusing. Yeah, a little bit. It's like, we're on Hulu, but we also want to appeal to a CBS audience. Who aren't watching. Who aren't watching. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Sid is like, I can't do this. This sucks. And Anna's like, LDR suck, but at least I'm trying. Slams computer shut. Yeah. That did not go well. It did not. And neither is Jesse's bar situation. Because guess what? The girl that he is currently buying a margarita for knows that he's proposal fail guy. And she starts like voice texting her friends. All, who does this? I'm, I know it's just like a plot device so that Sophie can hear it. But who actually opens their phone and is like voice text and just starts like yelling out their message? I feel like your mom does that, doesn't she? Not in public. <laughs> Not in public, but like in the car. She doesn't do voice to text. I thought she did. Only by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes oh you get something that you weren't meant to hear. Oh, yeah. And so Sophie overhears this and you know what? That's not acceptable. She's going to go tell this girl off and completely ruin what she was trying to set up. Yeah. Do you know how many... Dates I've been on this year. Do you know what it's like to go on 87 Tinder dates? 88. Yeah, this girl is basically like, yeah, I mean, like, I knew who he was, but I still would have boned him. Uh, but now she won't. Sophie ruined the moment. But, like, Jesse's not even that upset about it. Not gonna lie. Then we cut back to Valentina and Sid. And Sid kind of, like, confiding in her about how hard long-distance relationships are and how much he misses her. And how much he just like wants to be with her and cook a meal with her in person and how hard this like has been for them and how they weren't going to be like other long distance couples. And also he just wants to, you know, have sex with a real human vagina and not a contraption. Yes, it's been very hard. That deserves it. I thought you were going to laugh track. Oh. And it's sweet. I don't know. I became very endeared to Sid in this episode. I really, like like I said, he's on the up and up. And yeah. like you said, I think that him and Valentina have really good chemistry. Yeah. There's a there's definitely a, a world in this show where after he and Hannah break up, he and Valentina start dating. Yeah, because you know that Hannah is like a short-term plot Correct. situation. Yes. Sadly. And then Valentina gives us this kind of like mysterious like, ooh, aren't you so lucky you met me? And we don't really know where it's going yet. We have to wrap up the whole Sophie and Jesse situation. 
you're right. Because at the beginning of this, I was like, they have good chemistry. But it's also just kind of like we're just going in circles with them. I mean, you give them more credit than I do. I don't think they have any chemistry. <laughs> Here's my thing. I think that Hillary Duff and Christopher Lowell, like they work well in a scene together. I think it's more the material than them. Maybe. I don't know. There's just no world in which I see them ever getting together or if they do lasting any meaningful amount of time. They just don't seem compatible. The thing is, it's like, I forget where I read this this week, but there was an article talking about like the sad mopey sitcom guy and how Jesse is just another one of them in a long line of like, it's he's kind of the Ted Mosby in in this world. And then even like hearkening back to like Ross from Friends, it's like there always has to be this like sad mopey guy on the show and it's just like kind of one note that's i mean that's fair but you can have this trope of guy but i feel like sad mopey guy never ends up with sad mopey girl then you just have two sad mopey people but she's not sad mopey girl she's so sad mopey girl i've been on 88 tinder dates (laughs) oh feel bad for me i'm never gonna be with the person that i'm meant to be with i'm never gonna find a person Who's my person? I'm so alone. But that's... She's sad mopey girl. Yes, she is. No, no. She's the girl who... She's not sad mopey girl. She self-sabotages. What? No. She doesn't self-sabotage. It's not like she was like, Ian, go move to Australia. I can't do this with you. No, but it's like you're... I feel like her character is... As we... You know, move. For, we still don't know that much about any of these characters, but to me, she's not. She's not sad, mopey girl. She has an optimism to her. She, she's trying. Like she's not. Like he's the guy who's like, oh, I'm never gonna find love. Oh, I'm never. Like I'm ruined. I'm proposal fail guy. Oh, but like she, she's been on the, all these dates, but she's she's still trying. She's still putting herself out there, and I think no, that- you can't. No, she's like optimistic. Like she's, I don't know. She has so many highs and lows that yeah, she can be optimistic one minute, but like her base state is sad mopey girl, and just because she's optimistic no, she's for like sad, mopey girl. two minutes an episode doesn't make her by nature optimistic. She's like... She's not she's sad mopey sad. girl. She called Josh Peck. She's going on a date with him. She is not sad mopey girl. You could say... But that's the you by the same logic, you could say that Drew was all set to go out with this girl until Sophie ruined it. You just call Jesse Drew again. Oh, my God. That, uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. Jesse was ready to go out with this girl until Sophie ruined it. So they're, they're at the same place. No, I think, are they both a mess? Yes, but I think it's a different mess. They're not the same character. Like, they don't have the same core, like, misbelief. Sure, but they're both saying the same stupid line to each other in this episode to try and get the other one, like, excited again. Yeah, but he thinks that line is stupid and he's only saying that to make her feel better. Yeah, she has a low moment, but she's not sad, mopey girl. <laughs> you just said we were done. And okay, then you now went we're done. backwards. Sorry, now we're done. Now we're about, you know, okay, that happens. Charlie and Ellen's story gets wrapped up. They're going to be roommates. Apartment hunting alone did not work out for either of them. 
Charlie sold his gold spoon and immediately got mugged. I don't even think mugged is the right word. It was literally just like someone ran by and like picked the cash out of his hands and kept running. Ellen also did not fare well. She had her identity stolen by the Craigslist roommate Mm -hmm. who bought some weird things with a new credit card. And you know what? Maybe they should just be roommates. Lame. Lame. No. Boo. Despise each other. Let's see. And then... Plot twist, Sid is now in L.A. He shows up at Hannah's door to surprise her. And again, I don't know, we haven't been doing MVPs for this show, but like Sid is the MVP of this episode. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's not that many people to choose from. And he got so the he got there because Valentina, I guess, in a past, you know, had previously been in a relationship with a Polish pilot who still hooks her up on flights. And so they were able to get a flight uh, for Sid to go to L.A. pretty uh, last minute, and it worked out. Hannah opens the door, and Sid says, this is me trying. And let me just say, that's what our Lord and Savior Taylor Swift once wrote. My God. Did she get royalties for that line? Who is to say? She's trademarked literally everything. (laughs) And that is how I wove Taylor Swift into this into this recap. Wow. And then we're back back in 2022. Having a great profile photo was essential. But you also had to put yourself out there. And so at the end of this episode, we see Sophie putting herself out there. Jesse gives her Vice Principal Drew's number. Now, did you establish earlier that he had asked for it? And Sophie was like, nah. Uh, no, I did not. Okay, important detail. Earlier in the episode, Jesse was like, oh, Vice Principal Drew asked for your number. Sophie was like, nah. But after that, that final push from that corny line on the subway, Sophie's ready to put herself out there. Yeah, and it turns out that they have met before. So they met on the night that Sophie met, I don't even know if we know the son's name's father. So potentially... Drew is in play as the father, although I think we still would put him relatively low on the list because he was not on the Brooklyn Bridge. Correct. Plot twist. He turns out he was on the Brooklyn Bridge. (laughs) No, but he was not. As far as we know, he was not on the Brooklyn Bridge. So while, you know, we have this kind of, for all intents and purposes, like red herring that he could be the father, I don't think that either of us think that he is actually the father um, this is just a, a way to keep the plot going. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the whole reason for setting that first episode in that sort of party setting is I, I'm sure this will keep happening, right? Where like there'll be other situations mm-hmm. where Sophie will run into somebody else who was at that party. It just kind of sort of expands the options. Yeah, but they're going to have dinner on Saturday night, so... We will get more Josh Peck. More Josh Peck. More Josh Peck. What did you think of Josh Peck in this episode? Uh, he was fine. I think he brought a good energy. I liked him and Hillary together. They had good banter. Really? I thought uh, you thought they had good banter. I thought their banter was kind of awkward as well. See, I think I have moved past the awkwardness in the writing in a way that you have not yet. 
Well, there's the like their first interaction. They're making they're both making fun of Jesse and about how it's like the first time he's seen an airplane, and it's just like uh, I don't know. Is this how people talk now? <laughs> I don't know. It's not, but I'm leaning into it. I'm embracing the you know multicam ways, like when Sophie has her entire like mom info dump on the subway. That was some big backstory reveal. Yeah, she's the fixer. She's the fixer because she had a very unstable childhood. Her mom was always bouncing around from boyfriend to boyfriend, and they were more like sisters than mother-daughter, and Sophie was the big sister, always fixing everything. Mm -hmm. That's trauma. And, like, to me, hearing that information in in such a not-organic way just really highlights the limitations of the format. Or it's bad writing. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe a little bit of both. Like the very tell don't show. But these, the thing that's killing me is that like these writers are good writers. Like they have, they have written content that I thoroughly enjoy. I don't think there's anything else to say. I mean, I, I brought back the MVP and I said Sid is mine. Oh, are you asking me who is who is mine? Yeah. Uh, Drew's dog. Great choice. <laughs> I didn't write in my notes. Drew has a dog. <laughs> Drew's dog is my MVP. <laughs> it's a big floof. Yep. I hope that this is just a little lull and that we sort of bounce back next week, but we have to wait and see. So that was How I Met Your Father, season one, episode three, The Fixer. As always, you know, we're around. You can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. Email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. If you liked this podcast and you haven't checked out any of our earlier episodes, you can do so at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters or on any platform where podcasts are available. And be sure to tune in next week when we talk about season one, episode four. Dirty 30.